Moncrief on News Talk. Now, we probably all have secrets, so not necessarily for nefarious reasons, but can the information we keep to ourselves eventually become toxic to us? Michael Slepian is a behavioural scientist at Columbia University and the author of The Secret Life of Secrets. Good afternoon, Michael. Thanks for having me. Uh, thanks for talking to us today. If it Does it depend on the sort of secrets you have? Of course. Uh, you know, some secrets we keep, small ones, they, they don't hurt us so much. Um, but the secrets that make us worried or the secrets that we feel upset about, those do tend to harm our well-being. Okay. In what ways and why? So the, the old story of secrecy, what we used to think was that the hard part of having a secret is having to hide it in conversation. Um, you know, these studies would bring two people together into a room and, and look at how hard it can be to hide something in conversation. But it turns out in the real world, it's very infrequent that we have to hide our secrets in conversation. And that actually turns out to be the easy part. The hard part of having a secret is not that we have to hide it in conversation, but that we have to live with it alone without the support of others. And is is there something physically happening in the brain to have to do that? When our secrets hurt us most, it's when we tend to, to ruminate on them and get we get stuck in these passive, repetitive and, and feelings of helplessness and in how we think about something over and over. And so, yeah, it does come down to the mind. And, and when we choose to keep a secret uh, from everyone and, and don't tell any person about it, we're only leaving one venue to work on the secret. And that's our in our own mind. Okay. But the problem is we don't tend to, to do that in a healthy way without other people. And presumably there are some people in the world who might have rather large secrets, but manage somehow to forget about them and or at least not think about them very often. Are those people then relatively healthy? If you can find a way for it to not intrude upon our thoughts, you are in a better position. Um, That often find that often comes from a healthy perspective on the matter or or ways to sort of direct your thoughts in, in productive ways. Yeah. So how do you test for that, Michael? The internet. <laughs> the internet is a wonderful place for a researcher. Um, folks are tend to be very uh, ready to engage in these kind of questions. Um, I think partly because it's a great opportunity. So we don't normally get to talk about our secrets. Yeah. Uh, though, though, I mean, again, but how do you test for if someone has a secret and it's quite a severe secret that keeping that secret is somehow affecting them? How do you test for uh, that? Great. Great question. Uh, so in my research, I have this list of 38 categories of secrets. And we know this list really comprehensively covers what people keep secret, because when we give this list to people, the average person says they have 13 secrets from the list. Huh. And and the way we run our studies is we show people this list and say, which of the secrets from this list are you currently keeping? Then we ask our study questions per each and every secret people are keeping. And what's so great about that method is rather than ask our secrets bad for you or good for you, I can ask which of your secrets hurt you and why. And is it the case because you're making them think about those, those secrets in that moment or around that time that it, it discombobulates them to a certain extent? <laughs> you're right. Uh, for when when we get people to think about a secret in that moment, some of the negative effects of that secret come alive. You know, the the good news there is if you're not thinking about the secret, it may not be affecting you, but sometimes you'll have to think about it. Yeah. And it, and presumably, if if being made aware that you are keeping a secret, that you're deceiving others around you, 
does that affect your image of yourself or or you know, there's a danger of being viewed differently by others yeah so you don't need to deceive people around you to keep a secret um you know if you're just not mentioning it it mm. doesn't mean you have to tell outright lies uh but if you're holding back something really big from a really significant other it could change your behaviors it could make you seem too closed off and that that could sort of hurt your relationships you know we think we could think about a secret as a way to protect yourself and protect your relationships with, with other people but it's also this powerful force you can have which is you can share it with someone and if you share something with someone that you wouldn't share with just anyone they'll recognize that and, and that can bring you closer together yeah well it depends on what it is uh, if it was like I've been cheating on you for years, that mightn't necessarily bring you closer together. That is a very true counterexample uh, yeah. that we've done some research on. <laughs> but but then, then again, it, it would seem as if like the, the main burden with having a secret is that you're you're carrying this alone and you can't share that burden with anyone. That's right. Yeah. Uh, um, so it, kind of sunlight is always the cure? You. You don't have to reveal your secret to the person you're keeping it from, but if you talk to a third party removed from it all, and that could be anyone, it could be a friend, it could be a therapist, it could be a bartender, uh, other people just have so much to offer that it can be so hard to find on our own emotional support, practical support, a fresh perspective, validation, just listening to you. There's a lot that we can get from other people, and it turns out we don't need that much. Mm. Does that mean we're hardwired to tell the truth, Michael? Or, or, or is this more kind of a, a, a socially contextualized? I think we're hardwired to share our experiences with other people. We want other people to know about us and we want to be known. Yeah. No, yeah. But I mean, it seems as if 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 we're projecting the best possible version of ourselves, even if it's slightly untrue, that's, that's somehow not good enough. We're, we're kind of... Uh, uh, judging ourselves in that respect. Yeah, and that's why it's useful. You know, some of our worst inclinations, some of our most unhealthy styles of thinking can easily be thwarted and stopped by just bringing another person into the conversation. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah, it's funny that. that like, I, my, my personal difficulty is that, like, sometimes I hear gossip and I go, right, I'm not going to spread that gossip. But yeah. then, but I feel the pressure of that because uh, I'm dying to spread gossip. But I, yeah, it I just, don't. It feels it feels so good to to tell people what's on our mind for sure. <laughs> yes. So you're saying I should spread the gossip? I, you know, I would be careful if, if we're talking if we're not talking about you anymore, and now we're talking about other people. We should be mindful, uh, yeah. you know, about the potential implications for sure. Then again, it's really good gossip, Michael. <laughs> it's really juicy stuff. Michael, thanks a million for talking to us today. That was Michael Slepian there, a behavioural scientist at Columbia University and the author of The Secret Life of Secrets, How Our Inner Worlds Shape Wellbeing Relationships and Who We Are. Moncrief, weekdays at 2pm on News Talk.